Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, March 18th. J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our streaming platforms, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The Jaguars were among the most active teams during the negotiation period leading into the start of the league year. Seven players agreed to terms with the Jaguars in free agency, and the Jags spent just over $155 million guaranteed dollars. Six of those players arrived in Jacksonville Thursday for physical stadium tours, initial meet and greets with the coaching staff, and yes, press conferences. Let's start with the biggest splash signing in terms of guaranteed money. Wide receiver Christian Kirk. A reported four-year, $72 million contract that includes $37 million guaranteed. In four seasons with the Cardinals, Kirk has not been over 1,000 yards, but he's confident of how he fits in the offense and doesn't care about any outside criticism. Well, you know, I like to validate um, knowing my ability and what my peers and what my coaches and uh, the people that um, you know make those decisions and uh, that believe in believe in me, um, I like to validate that you know over you know any others' uh, opinions. And so for me, you know that's the most important. Uh, I know what I can do. You know I know the value that I bring, and um, you know the coaches in the organization see that. And you know to me, that's all that matters. Christian Doug mentioned yesterday that you know in his offense, all the receivers are really going to be moved around and play all the spots, and depends on the game plan. How exciting is that for you as a receiver to know you won't be like pigeonholed into just one spot? You know, it's great. You know, especially for somebody like me. Um, you know, I uh, you know like to think that I'm I'm very versatile, and I, I like to uh, hang my hat on that and being able to stretch the field. Um, you know, make you know tough catches. You know, in the middle of the field, and uh, you know just be able to stretch the field vertically and, and horizontally, and so. Um, to have a coach that's going to be able to put his guys in the in the best area to to make an impact and make those plays is uh, is a confidence builder, and uh, you know I, I'm just really excited to see you know what he has planned for us week in and week out. On the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joined John Ozier and me to explain the role of receivers in Doug Peterson's past offenses. I think anyone who watched the Jaguars play last season saw that look they had pass catches, but not a lot of speed and playmaking on the outside. And so people will look at the numbers that Christian Kirk has put up and they would say that he is not uh, necessarily a, a number one playmaker. But what I will say is when you watch him play, he's a guy who has versatility. He has the ability to play inside and outside in this offense. And you have to remember Doug Peterson is bringing in a pure version of the West Coast offense that will, mo- will move people around to every spot on the perimeter, meaning uh, – In this offense, you have an X, you have an Z, you have what is called an eagle position. That's the E position. That's your third receiver. Well, in a perfect world, you would like receivers who could play all three spots. That enables you to be able to mix and match, create and exploit mismatches, and it allows you to kind of dictate where you want the ball to go. Well, Christian Kirk has shown that he can not only play in the slot, but he also can play outside. And so having known Christian Kirk for a long time, having watched him uh, from his high school days, having worked with him or whatever, this is an A-level route runner, an outstanding pass catcher, and he quickly will become Trevor Lawrence's um, best friend. And then when you think about the other additions that kind of complement what they're doing, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, you now have the versatility to kind of maneuver and miss and match and kind of use the, the field like a chessboard trying to create advantageous situations for your top pieces. Uh, what Christian is, is more quick than fast. 
the explosive the explosiveness that you're pointing to and alluding to is about short area quickness quick area like sudden separation uh the ability to get from zero to 60 in a hurry in small spaces that's what christian kirk is able to do the other thing that you have to look at this and i think um we probably should mention the other guys because it's probably easier to do an overall analysis on what the Jaguars have done with the wide receiver core as opposed to Christian Kirk. But I will say this about Christian Kirk, and a lot of people are caught up in the amount of money that it costs to bring him in. I will say this. I learned a long time ago. Hey, the cost of doing business is the cost of doing business, but how he plays and how he's utilized, that can necessarily be a consideration. So, and playing in this offense under Mike Holmgren, where when Mike McCoy was a practice squad quarterback, when Doug Peterson was a backup, and I was at the beginning stages of beginning to move over to DB, but still practicing at wide receiver, Coach Holmgren used to always say this, I don't necessarily need A's to be able to make this offense function and operate at a high level, but I can do a lot of damage with B-plus receivers. And so when you look at this, in total, you talk about a high-end number two-ish in Christian Kirk, who may be deemed to be the number one because people are going to see the price tag. A high-end complimentary receiver in Zay Jones. Uh, people are trying to figure out, is he a two, is he a three, what does it mean when he comes over? A high-end pass-catching tight end in Evan Ingram. Well, now what you've assembled is, let's just say, three B-pluses in that um, – receiver core around Trevor Lawrence. The other thing that you want to do when you're the Jaguars, it's important that you bring the type of receivers on board that extenuate what the quarterback does really well. Well, let's go back to the last time we saw Trevor Lawrence play really well. That would be in Clemson. Well, you look at Clemson, Clemson killed people on short intermediate passes, a ton of uh, what we call now screens to wide receivers. Um, The ball is out of his hands quickly. And those guys were able to turn those short passes into bigger gains. And so there needed to be a level of explosiveness and elusiveness to be able to play that kind of offense and that kind of style. And so a lot of this is the Jaguars going all in on making sure that the quarterback flourishes as opposed to building the prototypical wide receiver core that people talk about in these standard traditional NFL offenses. This is more catered to making sure that Trevor Lawrence has what he needs to play at his best, and at his best is what we saw at Clemson. More from Bucky Brooks coming up. Another receiver in the fold for the Jags, Zay Jones from the Las Vegas Raiders. He was a second-round pick originally by the Bills, then was traded to the Raiders. It's been a long journey to free agency. I feel as though I've been very fortunate because I've been a part of uh, milestone moments in organizations, um, you know, time frame. So it'd be the Buffalo Bills in the drought for the playoffs, and we went to the playoffs, and we we ended that and had that that blessing or that opportunity. Then coming into uh, the Oakland situation, where it's like we're leaving a great city who's adored football for a long, long time, and get, get to be a part of their last game. Then entering Las Vegas, another great city or a fabulous city that uh, you know is starting the franchise there. So the inaugural season there to now come down here and just be a part of an organization that is on the rise and moving forward, I just feel very fortunate and blessed to be a part of it. 
What do you think you bring to this offense and sort of have you taken a look at Trevor Lawrence? I'm sure you, you've heard of him yeah. and you know about him. But just what do you think you bring to this offense and, and how well you, you're going to end up working with him? Sure. I think I bring great versatility as far as playing inside and outside, explosiveness, um, great hands, great great catching, smart mind. And ultimately, I think the best thing is just the, the character of a teammate. Just try to be the best teammate that I can possibly be. Just be one of the guys, enjoy it. As far as Trevor is concerned, though, um, tall, powerful, can throw, can run, has all the intangibles of a promising, in my opinion, not too much pressure, Hall of Fame career. And I think he's he's a fantastic football player. I'm excited to see the things that he does moving forward. Ultimately, I just want to be a weapon for him and just learn from him and try to teach him some things if I know some things and uh, just grow, not only just with him, but this, this offense and this team. We stay on offense, and of course, over recent years, the Jags have spent all kinds of money to try to fix the tight end room without much success. Now the Jaguars bring in former first-round pick Evan Ingram. He has quite an experience with the quarterback situation with his previous team, the New York Giants. Is Trevor a big enough draw for pl players around the league to go, hey, you know what, I'd love to play with a young quarterback that's ascending, hopefully? I mean, definitely. I mean, look at, look at the impact across the league that these young quarterbacks are having. Um, and, and, and with Trevor, he has that, he has that talent. He has that, um, that ability. Um, even just, I've been a big fan of him through college and, and I know he went through a lot last year and for him to be able to, to be a leader here and, and, and make an impact that he did, um, that, that, that stands out to me. So, um, that was another big decision playing with the, playing with a young quarterback, a big quarterback that I could come in and relate to and build a relationship with and, um, and, and, and uh, transfer that relationship uh, to success on the field. Uh, Evan, when you know you got there, Eli, <clears throat> Eli Manning was still your quarterback, and when he retired, I think you had six different quarterbacks since uh, in New York. So, how difficult was that, and is that part of the reason why you want to be here now, knowing that there's a franchise quarterback? Um, it was it was an adjustment. Um, you know, this league, a lot of things in this league are difficult. So. Um, it's our job to, to adjust and it's our job to compete at the highest level no matter what the standard is. So um, I play with a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good, talented people um, in that room. And Eli um, was, was a big part of my development as a young player. Um, so I, I always have gratitude towards him, the way he played, the way he carried himself. And, um, and honestly, like I said earlier, I mean, Trevor's, his leadership qualities pop out even from afar. Um, and, and, and that being and from a young player already, um, and obviously the talent he has and the arm talent and the upside he has. Um, and I know the staff coming in um, that can help him develop in, in that uh, department. Um, it was a huge, it was a huge plus for me and a huge attraction of mine. Coming here. Finally on offense, guard Brandon Sheriff joined Jeff Lagerman and me on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday afternoon. He's been in five Pro Bowls in seven NFL seasons, and he should help solidify the offensive line. So a free agent process, is this the first time that you actually ever got into free agency yep. as, a, as a pro? Yep. What uh, What was the experience like for you? Uh, you know, I worked out on, uh, let's see, Monday, and uh, my agent called me a couple times, and uh, he said, I'll do all the negotiating and uh, just uh, just sit by your phone. And he says, we agreed to terms. Congratulations. So we're excited. Isn't that crazy it's how crazy. that is? I mean, it's just uh, all of a sudden. I mean, back in the day, there used to be a, a, at least a little bit of a period of time where they'd fly in and they'd wine and dine you. And yep. nowadays, it's like. Just like the draft. You know, yeah, that's what you bam. did. You have your, you know, your official, not your official visits, but your visits. And you go wine and dine with the coaches. And 
have your top five or whatever that you think you're going to go to, and you go to somebody absolutely completely different. So yeah, we, we uh, Brandon and I were talk, kind of kind of chuckling because uh, Brandon has done a charity event up in Iowa, which is called Aiming for a Cure, which yep. I actually have done a couple different times, and we had a mutual friend who recently passed away, Mr. Tim Anderson of Mossy Oak. And, uh, and Brandon played with the Redskins. I grew up in Sterling, Virginia, which uh, growing up as a kid, that's where the Redskins training facility was located at. Well, yep. Now it's in Ashburn, Virginia, Correct. which is where I lived at for a period of time when I was playing with the Jets. So we have a little bit of a connection there. But uh, how was your time in Washington? Oh, it was great. You know, I met a lot of great people. I got coached by uh, a lot of great coaches. And uh, those are, you know, members that are going to last forever for me. So you know, taking a small kid out of Iowa to go to Big D.C., you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I appreciate everybody that, you know, made an impact on my life. All the coaches, uh, Coach Gruden is one that drafted me, Coach Callahan, uh, Coach Phil, uh, Coach Rivera, Coach Matsko, Coach Travell. You know, I had some amazing coaches, so I'm, I'm grateful for, for all of them. Doug Peterson yesterday talked about um, when, when they were signing you, they wanted you in here as part of this culture build. What does that mean to you? A culture build. I mean, I, I spoke on, on a little bit earlier. I think it's just uh, just doing it, everything the right way. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, my dad instilled that in me. And then coming into Iowa, you know, Coach Ferentz, uh, Coach Doyle was our strength coach. And then Coach Ray was the assistant strength coach there. Reese Morgan just uh, laid the foundation on how to be, be a man and how to practice and how to, how to conduct yourself inside and outside of football. Um, so I, I think it's just a compliment that you're doing everything the right way and people see that. So, uh, you know, that's one of the goals that I've ever had in my life is to just um, lead the way that um, people can look up to you and, you know, just kind of you're doing the right thing. So they appreciate that. And, and part of being a leader is wearing the C, captain right. of, of a football team. And you were a captain with the Redskins. How many years were you a captain for the Redskins? And were you a captain at Iowa? Uh Three years, uh, and then I don't think they had captains. I think they just picked one. But, at, yes, I was. I was at Iowa. Yes, at Iowa. Yep. Yeah. Coach appointed yes. game day captains. Yep. I hate when they do that. <laughs> Coughlin <laughs> used to do up. that here in early days. He'd pick captains. He would never actually have anybody a named captain. Yeah. Sure. But whatever. But congratulations on, on the contract. Congratulations on being a Jaguar. And uh, I know that the first time that I got to free agency, it was in about year seven. That's and it's different. Was, you know, year now, seven, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're seven learning, for you. And so year eight, yep. It, it's, uh, it, it's fun and it's exciting. And I think the one thing that it did for me, and, and I don't know if you need the same thing or not, but it, it kind of re-energized me as a player yep. because where I came from, we didn't win a lot. And, uh, and I know you have the struggles in Washington, but also now the new environment, the new teammates might kind of make things new and fun again. Right, you know, I had a like I said, I had a blast in uh, in Washington, and I, you know, some of my most favorite memories are just hanging out at the house. You know, I say, I always speak about OTAs being one of my favorite uh, favorite parts of the season because that's where you get to really figure out who your teammates are. You know, just not as football players, but you know, you get to see their families, their wives, their girlfriends, their kids. So you get a, you know, I always say Corey Lichtensteiger was my center. We'd have a race from. OTAs to his house because the girls would be out at the pool, kids would be running around, and then we'd just play volleyball, <laughs> offense versus defense for ten hours, you know. And that was what everybody looked forward to. It was a race to Corey's house, right? So just just doing that, and then you know we'd have game nights at our house with whoever wanted to come. Last year we had 
oh, I don't know, 40 people over for Thanksgiving at our house last year. So we had uh, Logan Thomas and all the O-line help pitching for uh, a meal. So we catered a meal in for That's families. That's a lot of cooking, and, I was going to say. And all I'm, that. I'm available if you guys need yeah, an extra. Cooking. You know, I can take a plate. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. you are going to pay for it. No, no, oh. no, no, about that. No, I don't know about that. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XL AM in Jacksonville and the Jaguars' social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll hear from the Jaguars' defensive additions after this. Welcome back. You and your guests are invited to enjoy Daly's Place Just Like the Stars. On Thursday, March 24th, you'll be on stage with a live band, catering, drinks, and valet parking. Discuss your 2022 VIP Daly's Place options. Email ticketing at boldevents.com for more information. Let's go over to the defensive side. Linebacker Foye Oluokun is a former sixth-round pick by the Falcons out of Yale. He led the NFL in tackles last season and explained what he brings to the Jaguars' defense. I think there's a lot of upside to this organization. Uh, at the end of the day, these guys you know, definitely put a lot of trust in me. Uh, that's why they came in and got me in free agency. And I just want to bring, you know, I definitely work hard. I definitely bring a lot of, you know, intelligence and um, to the defense and really just trying to bring people along with me is what I talked about a lot today with some of the coaches. So uh, get everybody on that kind of hard, hard-working mentality, kind of have a you know, some grit, chip on the shoulder, and uh, being able to grind and work to get better every day, uh, get more wins here. This team has sort of lacked uh, playmakers defensively in terms of being able to turn the ball over. Um, obviously, I think you've had around five five interceptions, six force fumbles or whatever the past couple of seasons. So is that something you take pride in, being able to turn the ball over for the Yeah, uh, being able to get the ball is, is, is very important on defense, and that's kind of been hammered into me by my previous coaches. Um, you know, stealing possessions for your offense to go down and, and do what they do with the ball. Um, you know, and, and it's definitely a mentality. Um, if you're not picking it off, you can do other things to get it, you know, forcing fumbles or whatever. So uh, just having that ball mentality as a defense in, in general uh, will definitely bring you the ball more, just being opportunistic about it. On the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday, Bucky Brooks, John Ozer, and I got into what Aluakin brings to the team, plus the departure of veteran linebacker Miles Jack. Foye Aluakin is coming in from the Falcons. $28 million guaranteed dollars for him, a former six-round pick out of Yale. He was the league's leading tackler in 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a big-time addition at linebacker, Bucky, for Foye. Yeah, big-time addition when you watch him play. Uh, it's not only speed and athleticism, outstanding instincts. This is a self-made man when it comes to the position. And I, I, I think the one thing that we are seeing in all of the free agent moves, very dynamic and explosive athletes coming on board. This is a team that needed to up the ante when it came to uh, the speedsters on both sides of the ball because when you have great speed on defense, that's when you're able to generate turnover. Great speed leads to more velocity on hits. The ball begins to fly out. It leads to tips and takeaways because you're getting balls off uh, overthrows and deflections. And so it was a concerted effort by the Jaguars to up the ante when it comes to the speed and the playmaking ability. If you want to improve and close the gap on your competitors, you have to have more players, more playmaking. Bucky, we haven't mentioned the show yet, but most people listening know that Miles Jack was released. Is this a case of both guys not having room in the defense or not really? You know, like, look, man, it's one of those things where you think you could have worked with Miles Jack. I mean, Miles Jack has played at a high level. He hasn't got the recognition that he necessarily deserved. Uh, he should have been a pro bowler, particularly two years ago. He should have been a pro bowl player, uh, but it, it hasn't necessarily worked out. And so it's one of those things where sometimes, man, when you're changing the guard, 
you kind of just change everything out. Right. You know, it's like a new house. You, you you paint the walls, you change the drapes, you, you you remove the carpet, put new carpet in, or maybe hardwoods. And I think for Doug Peterson, um, they want to make sure that they kind of flip the script when it comes to Jacksonville. And that's why you're seeing so many new faces come in. And we'll continue to see probably a roster turnover in terms of getting this roster to look the way that he wants it to look, having been a championship coach. How good is, uh, and I'm going to botch his name, so JP, you take his name. Foye Oluokun. 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 I've been practicing. I had no <laughs> I like, confidence. There's, there's multiple name guys that we, we just signed. I had no so. confidence in myself, Bucky. I, I, I had no confidence. But, ha- you know, I see the stats. I also see sixth-round pick. So is he this good? Tell fans something about him. I haven't had a chance to watch the Falcons. I like the numbers. I like the leading tackler part. Uh, how good is this guy? Uh, impactful. Impactful in terms of his tackles are not like – tackles that are down the field. The Falcons haven't played great defense the last few years, but this guy shows up on tape. Uh, one thing that you're looking for when you're watching defensive tape, who are the guys that are flying to the ball? This guy shows up because he is flying to the ball, sideline to sideline, making plays, great instincts. And sometimes, you know, we can get um, fooled by draft position because someone comes in as a six-round pick. We think they're not a really good player. Uh, sometimes scouts miss. You know, sometimes scouts miss and they they think a guy's a developmental guy and you don't know how well he can play until he actually plays he got an opportunity to play early in atlanta and he outplayed his draft status and so when you put up the kind of numbers that he put up from a tackling standpoint man you have to have a strong nose for the ball to be able to put up the kind of numbers that he was putting up as a top tackler so uh he's a good player he's um he's gonna bring some different energy and i think that's also some of the stuff. Mike Caldwell, whole new defensive staff. You're kind of trying to bring your own guys in. And so a lot of times it's kind of out with the old, in with the new. And we'll see how it all comes together. But I do know that the Jaguars are certainly more dynamic on defense due to Oluwakan coming in. Oluwakan. Oluwakan. That's right. Oluwakan. All right, I got it. You got Oluwakan. it. It's muscle memory now, JP. On the defensive line, the Jaguars added run-stopping tackle Foley Fadakasi. The former Jets defensive captain explained the culture of a team. You're supposed to be a pretty good culture fit. Can you, you know, where does that come from? Do you take a lot of pride in that? And what have you learned from the culture here, maybe watching the Jags from afar, of what you kind of bring to the table in that regard? Um, when, I, when, I, when I look at this team, um, I see a lot of fighters. You know, and uh, you can you can go far with people that fight to the very end. So, and I feel like I fit that perfectly because when you when you're facing adversity, when you're facing issues, when you're facing problems, and you're able to look it in the eye and you're able to say, "All right, yo, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep throwing another punch," it'll take you far. And when you look up, you realize that you actually didn't you actually didn't you actually didn't take a, a, as big a step back as you thought. You know, and um. I think that's important, you know what I mean, for especially for me to be a part of this group and for allowing the brotherhood to to accept me in this group. Natural leader? Uh, shoot, listen, I speak from the heart and I speak what's on my mind. And um, I just pray that the people that listen to me and hear me um, can feel my, gen- my, my genuineness and that I'm trying to be pure in my heart. And um, hopefully everyone just follows each other in that way. And finally, a discussion about cornerback Darius Williams, who comes in from the L.A. Rams. He's a Creekside High School product, and Bucky Brooks explained what he could do for the Jaguars' defense. Good player. He's a really good player. 
he made a ton of plays for the Rams. Uh, I'll speak about his skill set. His skill set is terrific because he's a guy that can play off, meaning he doesn't always have to be nose-to-nose on the wide receiver. does a great job of reading routes and recognizing what's happening in front of him. He will make plays. He made a ton of plays throughout his time with the L.A. Rams. Uh, he can play outside, but he also can bump inside. I think this is a move where people have to understand the nickel position, particularly the slot corner position, is another starting position. Um, there are 12 starters on the defense. The nickel back counts as that. And you need to have three high-end corners to be able to play in this league. And so he gives them a, a, a guy who can play outstanding nickel coverage, and it gives them maybe some versatility and flexibility in terms of how they deploy their stuff. This is a team that I would anticipate being a heavy zone blitz team, meaning where they're bringing uh, five, maybe six defenders at sometimes, but playing zone with their eyes on the quarterback. And to succeed in that, you have to have guys that are very comfortable playing in space, being able to sort out all the stuff that happens in front of them. Williams is a guy that does that. Um, I do wonder for Tyson Campbell, um, Shaq Griffin, as they continue to evolve this uh, defense, how these guys are best suited to play because those guys are better nose to nose. And so uh, I'm curious to see what it all looks like when they put it together. But this is a team that's going to be aggressive, but they're going to do it with a lot of smoke and mirrors and deception. But you have to have guys who have a lot of tools in the toolbox to be able to do it. Williams has that. Is it important for a nickel because of the complexity of position to have a veteran as opposed to you can play a rookie, you can play a kid outside because there's maybe not as much – it's not as complex. Is there any truth to that? A lot of truth to it, John. And, in fact, you've been around the game long enough to know that the way that things used to work is your best corner in, in nickel downs would move inside to the nickel, and your most inexperienced corner would play right corner, meaning on the defensive right, the offensive left, which is the backside of most right-handed quarterbacks. Um, that's where you would hide your inferior player. And so um, – what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have someone who has seen a lot of the game, who's kind of gone through a bunch of different situations and understands how to play it from a situational standpoint, from an experience standpoint. He has a level of expertise in playing inside. Yeah, nickel is not necessarily a spot where you want to put a young guy because it's, it's tough in there. It's, it's a lot. You have to kind of be able to tackle like a linebacker. You have to play in space and handle all of these adjustments. So it's a high IQ, very technical position, and I think it, it, it requires some experience to be really, really good at. And yeah, JP, one of the most underrated players on that 17 defense to me was always Colvin. Yeah, and I was going to say that at a high level. Aaron Colvin told me one time that you got to have some dog in you to play nickel yeah. too. Um, so, oh yeah, because when he's talking about that, like JP, he's talking about when you're the nickel. Remember, you're removing a linebacker to put the nickel corner in. So the nickel corner has to be tough enough to handle the run responsibilities when they run it at you. He needs to be able to be courageous enough to make blitzes off the edge because a lot of defense coordinators like to use slot pressures uh, to impact the quarterback. He has to be able to cover slot receivers and occasionally a tight end, depending on what the personnel is. And so this guy has to be a little different. So the toughness is definitely there. He almost has to be a decathlete. He has to be able to bring a bunch of different things to the table to be able to succeed inside in the slot. We'll return with reactions from head coach Doug Peterson and general manager Trent Balky. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Time to hear from the Jaguars head coach. Doug Peterson joined Jags Drive Time Wednesday afternoon at the start of the new league year and talked through some of the offensive additions. You know, that's one of the things that, that Trent and I and the staff really focused on being aggressive this time of year, you know, in free agency and really, um, you know, with, with the amount of resources that we have at our disposal, using them. You know, and and uh, I thought we did a we did a nice job getting the guys that we targeted. So I don't know whether you'll tell us this or not. I mean, it's it's hard to be completely <laughs> entirely honest. But um, did you get everyone you wanted? Yes, we did. Okay, we did. We did. And and you know, we got seven free agents, and we actually, you know, as we met as a staff and and put put our you know put our heads together and had a lot of lot of long conversations, not only with us but with Trent and his team and the personnel guys. You know, we we targeted we targeted a, a group, you know, of players, and and uh, we hit we hit all our benchmarks, and and it's rare that you can do that. There, listen, and there's good players in free agency every year. You know, some some obviously, you know, want more than others, but but we had uh, the ability to to target you know seven guys, and and we hit all seven, and so it was really good. With money always talks with free agency, obviously, but was it a hard sell for some of these guys? I mean, Jacksonville hasn't had a lot of success. Did you find yourself having to sell, or did the, the idea of what you're building here and the money combined? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this that that um, it's not a hard sale to come to Jacksonville, and a lot of the players that we did talk to uh, want to be here, which is which is a credit to I think even though on the field the win loss record hasn't been there, um, I think it's a credit to the current players on this football team. Uh, what 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 Trent and now myself and what we're trying to build as an organization here, and, and then and then some of the current staff that I have who have relationships with some of these players, sort of enticing them, you know, to to show up here in Jacksonville, all kind of play a big part into you know what we've been able to do, and and that's the exciting thing is that you know we want this to be a a destination spot for 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 top players, and and you know we had to start somewhere and uh, felt like we did that. I'm going to talk receivers because I just made the catch of the year on Brian's uh, water bottle there. <laughs> but, uh, you said something fascinating upstairs to me about how you plan to use your receivers, not necessarily how people always think of receivers as as a one-two slot. You use them differently. Talk about that. Yeah, we do. And, and you know, you're always going to have, you know, on paper, you're going to have, you know, the X, the Z, the Y, the F, just you ha- you're going to have these letters. And so we have to plug bodies into those into those spots. And, and people ask, like, hey, you know, is Christian Kirk going to be a be a mm-hmm. slot receiver? And the answer is like, um, yes, he's going to be a slot, but he's also going to be an outside target as well. And 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 having guys that have you know, position flexibility uh, within your system gives you the freedom to really move guys around and how they understand your your terminology, how they understand understand your schemes, and, and that's the benefit that you have 
uh, with with multiple players on offense, especially at the receiver position that you can move around. Coach, tell us about your offensive line, the state of it right now. You have Cam Robinson, you add Brandon Scherf. You have a lot of moving pieces, some depth there. Where do you feel this offensive line is right now? It's heading in the right direction, and, and it's something that we had to you know take a strong, hard look at. You know, obviously to protect the quarterback, protect Trevor, and 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 not so much in the passing game, but also the ability to run the football. You know, we feel like the running back room when healthy is, is a dynamic group. We feel like the tight ends are a dynamic group and they're all part of the run game, you know, as well. So, you know, we took some really good uh, steps forward in that direction um, with, with keeping, keeping can cam and, and obviously getting, getting, uh, you know, Brandon Scherf and you got Juwan, you got Walker little. I mean, we got guys Shatley back. So, you know, there's guys there now that we're putting the pieces together. And we still have, you know, the ability in the draft to, to add some more depth and add some more value at that position. You're so known for tight ends. Uh, how do Ingram, Arnold, and that room work together now? Well, I've always felt um, prior to being hired here that that room was one of the strengths of the football team, quite honestly. And and I know Dan missed games last mm -hmm. year and was injured, but when healthy again, he, he's a dynamic tight end. And now you add another element with with Evan, and um, you know it can become it can become an issue, you know, for for opponents to to match up to our twelve or thirteen personnel, and and that's that's encouraging because that's. You know, my background has been always been about tight ends and, and, and those guys over the ball. You know, again, they can be that comfort for the quarterback. And, and so I'm excited to get, you know, Evan and get all the guys, and, you know, really to start working next month and, and see, where, see where all these pieces fit. Later in the show, General Manager Trent Balky on some of the defensive players added and how the salary cap feels moving forward. You believe in big and physical on the offensive line. I know you also believe that in the defense. How much better do you feel about your run defense, your interior of that right now than you did on Sunday? Well, I think we feel obviously feel better. I think if you look last year, there were stretches of games where we were very good up front. And we've got some good football players on this roster that can stop the run. Uh, and adding Foley to the mix just increases our ability to do that. And if you want to win this division, you got it starts up front. You got to be able to win the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball. I can imagine this is a whirlwind of a week, to put it lightly. You have the excitement of bringing new guys in, but then you also have the tough decisions to have to let some guys go that have been here a while, with Miles Jack, for example. How tough is that conversation? And I can imagine you got to take the, the personal opinion out of it and just look at cap and football as a whole, right? And, and that's hard to do, you yeah. know, to take the personal side out. when You, you know, the, the hard part is to separate the – yourself from the professional and the personal right in this business miles is a wonderful young man uh and he was a heck of a player for for this organization and really an ambassador in within the community so anytime you got to make that decision or those types of decisions they're difficult but unfortunately in the job you that that i sit in those are decisions that have to be made you get home for dinner now the free agency's done no. I mean, with the draft, <laughs> the draft now is just only one thing you got to focus on because for the last couple of weeks you've been on draft and on free agency. Well, now you just get to worry about the draft, right? Yeah, well, we, I say we, right. Come on, we got we got through free agency, all right. But you know, the the funny thing is, this morning when we signed Darius, I think it was about nine thirty, nine forty five when we got that done. We totally switched gears and went flipped on the film, and we started on the college side. So now it's draft prep. Here we go. Was it important uh, to have three guys with experience in your secondary, meaning nickel corner? I'm not sure exactly where Darius will play, but he'll be a factor there. Mm -hmm. Better to have a veteran in that spot considering the nature of the nickel position? 
Well, when you look at our, our roster currently, we only have three veteran players in the secondary at the corner position, you know, Trey being the third, and, and you know, obviously Tyson and, and Shaq. Uh, we had to add to that room, you know, and there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to add to that room in free agency or in the, in the draft. So when you have an opportunity and one falls your way, Darius is an interesting story. I mean, he's, he's local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's from Jacksonville, grew up in Jacksonville. He knows Jacksonville better than I know Jacksonville. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it was just a situation where a young man wanted to come home. He's a good football player, an excellent football player. And how he fits in that room, you know, that's up to the players. I always say this, you know, we get the players here, and it's up to the players and coaches to decide, you know, what happens out on the field. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's up to them. And the role that he builds for himself is one he's going to earn. Very cool. It was interesting to hear Doug Peterson talk about, I feel like, us as media members, we always try to say, okay, well, Christian Kirk, for example, put him in a box, going to be a slot receiver. Maybe he's going to be outside. And Coach Peterson was like, no, we want versatility at all positions. And we don't know where he's going to play right now. It could be all of that. How important was that? Versatility is critical. You know, the more they can do, the more positions they can align in, the more uh, if they can play in base and they can play in nickel, they can play in dime. The more things they can do, the more value they have to the organization, to the team itself. So we're always looking for players, whether it's an offensive lineman, can they play inside, can they play guard tackle, guard center. You're, you're really not looking for one-dimensional players unless they're really dominant in that one dimension. You spent uh, a good bit of money. How do you feel about your salary cap going forward? Are you able to structure these deals so that over the next three or four years you maintain cap flexibility? Yeah, we feel really good about where we're at on the cap. Uh, We haven't kicked anything forward at all. Uh, We're working off of a a set number for this year, and we were able to stay within that. Uh, Next year's cap, by nature, is going to be a little tight, uh, and then it opens up again the following year. But we feel really good with where we're at from a cap standpoint. Jags Drive Time normally airs Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels. That wraps a busy week at TIAA Bank Field. Catch all the coverage of the first wave of free agency on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social media channels. And all the podcasts are available on the free iHeartRadio app on the official Jaguars podcast network. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast. Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.